Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to God's Planning. My name is Father Patrick Barry Briscoe. I'm joined today by Father Bonaventure Chapman. Um, Father Bonaventure, as our regular listeners know, is uh, an expert in lizards um, as well as lizards. Philosophy. We haven't done a lizard episode. We did dragons a while ago, but we haven't talked about bearded bearded dragons much, or like Jesus lizard, the basilisk, and the things that run across water and all that. I've been trying to advertise RCIA as successfully as you did with the lizard. Uh, I've I've thus far failed, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah, well, there's always more time. time. There's always more time. I've I've been using the uh, the 2020 dumpster on fire. Uh, that's, so that's yeah. My, that's, that's a good my, one. Uh, yeah. I, why have that know? never, never, never a better time, never a better place or something? That's why. Yeah. I, Mine is. What else are you doing? What else you do? That's <laughs> it's more cynical, I suppose. But uh, it's true. Yeah. You could do another thing like, what else are you doing, and what do you think is going to happen later? You know. Yeah. What's happening next? Uh, Father Bonaventure is a graduate student in philosophy at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. Correct. And myself, uh, yours truly, I am an associate chaplain at Providence College, and I'm taking on a program. Associate chaplain. I know that's right. Isn't that great? Wow. You got to love those little... uh, Gotta love yeah. those little words. Not assistant. Okay, associate chat. Wow. Yeah. No, that's I'm full time. You know, isn't that's that big. Nice? That's big stuff. That's great. Okay, and you live down in the you live down in the basement of the chapel at, at Providence College in St. Dominic's. No, I think. I live in the basement of the Slavin Center. Oh, you live in the basement. You're over there. Oh, that's right, yeah. cool. So everyone can visit you when they go get money um, and yeah. uh, go to McPhail's. That's a great place. Okay, yeah. I was down in yeah, the dun- I was down in the dungeon um at uh at the, the college down there and so no one could ever find me so i had to usually i put a big sign up uh that said the dungeon um and just and then I, and I had i'd sent out i'd taken pictures of like like a google street map from outside the chapel inside the chapel toward the back of the chapel toward my room and then at my door so that i, I just sent out a pdf when anyone wanted to, to see me or, or meet about something because you could just never find me I was always, if I had died back there, no one would have found me for days. <laughs> days. They would have, they eventually would have smelled it. Yeah. Well, you're at, okay, so you're at college now. And I mean, I'm, I'm taking classes in a sense with face masks and all that. Um, but uh, your, how's, how's Providence College doing? Well, I have to say, I mean, as of the time of this recording, who knows what things are going to be like. It's whenever. live. You this is a live show. Hear this. Um, no, but there shouldn't be too much of a time delay. But as of this moment, things are going great. Okay. They really are. Um, yeah. You know, it's difficult, right? It's hard um, living in living under certain um, health and safety constraints. Uh, and those are, those are all real things. But I have to say that I'm very proud of our students. They're being a lot more compliant than I expected in my wildest dreams. Yeah. And uh, overall, there's a good positive attitude about just about being back. Students are happy yes. to be in the classroom because they know that education requires um, a real community. So yes. that, that that's an essential that's an essential factor of learning. That's one of the interesting parts of of uh, that I've had with this experience is being on Zoom classes, even at the PhD level, which is pretty good for Zoom because you're you know you're doing seminars and discussing. Um, being in person, even though you have masks on and you're distanced and you can't talk, just being present with the professor and the other students is superior. It's not, it's better to not wear a mask than wear a mask in education. But 
wearing a mask is preferable than going to Zoom, in my experience, uh, even with all the, kind of the, the, the frustrating aspects of it. And I wouldn't have known that uh, unless this experience. So it just reminds one of how much that kinesmatic, kinesthetic, I should say, um, experience of learning. It's, it's about a person to a person kind of thing. It's not just facts being dumped into your brain. It's, it's something about a shared tradition. You're adducing something education. So yeah, I agree. That's that even though it's frustrating, it's great to actually be in person despite all the other unpleasantness. We've been able to do some things creatively well. Um, so we just had our freshman connections retreat, which is the mm-hmm. first big program. And, uh, you know, we didn't go off site. We didn't do a lot of the activities that we usually do, but we were able sure. to meet, uh, you know, on campus. We broke them up into small groups. And, oh, that's great. Um, all of that was very, very highly coordinated and very well appreciated. One student said to me, she's been here for over two weeks now. That was the first thing that I did that met in person. Wow. Was the connections retreat. So, the, you know, the, so, so, yeah. the, so this yeah. young woman, this is her first experience at Providence College, like really getting together and really doing something. Yeah. And it was a campus ministry retreat. So. That's great. I'll take that. That's a yeah, huge well victory. Yeah, well done. Well, success. Winning. Speaking so, of winning. <laughs> today's topic. Yeah. Uh, no, I was thinking about this. It, it, a good merge, you know, of shared inquiry. That would have been a good segue, but I, but I, but I biffed it. Uh, I had to talk about the, how great the Connections Retreat was. Yeah. But today's topic is the Enlightenment. Um, Yes. Straight up, Father Bonaventure, are you for or against? Yeah, I'm for. I mean, so... Oh, for. Okay, yeah, well, then I guess I'm, I have to take against. No, well, that's the thing. Uh, so, you know, fast forward to the... This is like the abstract of the, of, the, of the God's Point discussion. Like, both will take yes, of course. We're, we're Catholics. We're both and kind of people. Tresians, like, give me all. I'll take all. Like, we do. We want it. I want it. And, uh, you know, I know, so I'm, we're wearing medieval habits right now. We do medieval things. We're Dominicans. If you're listening to this podcast, it's likely because you like medieval things. You like the old stuff. You're probably thinking, you know, science, blah, modernity, blah, and sort of thing. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I like flush toilets. Like, that's great, <laughs> you know? And you are listening to a podcast. Yeah. I was just going to say uh, that we're, we're making a podcast, you know, so the miracle of internet telephony yeah, it, it, come among us. Yeah. And so, so, um, yeah, I'm getting, it's, it's like, I'm getting more comfortable with just admitting to myself that I like the enlightenment because this, I feel like too much. We have this absolutism. Like you either love something. We're so politicized today and everything's Polarized. black polarized That's the word you want. and politicized everything's everything's black and white you've got to pick you're either for all of these things again and we're, we're just more discerning i think we should be more discerning and that like yeah nothing's perfect okay nothing's perfect but there's plenty of good in stuff and i'm kind of getting comfortable with saying yeah you know the enlightenment yeah i like lights like they're nice <laughs> you know they're nice uh phones even though they're going away largely you know it's cool to call my, you know, or FaceTime, for instance. Like I can see my my niece on a more regular basis now over FaceTime, which is not as, you know, it's not as good as seeing in person again. But like, it's better than writing letters to her. She can't read. Um, that's cool. <laughs> you yes. know? Yeah. So I so I'd say yeah. So I'm. I don't know. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and I'm wearing a habit and all that kind of thing. I pray in Latin, whatever. Yeah. Well, when you proposed the episode, I was thinking of, you know, when, when did I first learn about the Enlightenment, right? It must have been a fourth or fifth grade history class. 
yeah where you learn these things in broad broad swaths right and you and you learn you learn these cartoons but unfortunately the cartoons are helpful because they're very true things right like mm-hmm. you learn That's in right. the middle ages that most people are peasants and there are lots of wars and they can't read and yeah blah 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 blah, blah. and then the enlightenment comes and helps introduce these fundamental structures with which reorganize society and make make things better yes everything's uh, better yeah everything gets everything's better, better. science and just, so it's like a magic wand so when you're the yeah. fourth or fifth grader you're like yeah enlightenment uh, that's great always. Yeah. yes always and everywhere it's until, forever it's not until you become a slightly disgruntled undergraduate that you think like uh maybe not maybe not yeah, maybe uh, not entirely. Okay, so tell me, because, yeah, what's what are so so, you're, so so why would I say like why would I say like maybe not enlightenment? So I'm um, like a yes, but and you're like a no, but but yeah, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll we'll see how the episode goes. I have no idea. Uh, so so I would say no, but because of my adherence to Aristotelian philosophy, and oh, it wasn't geez. until it wasn't yeah, okay. it wasn't no, until it wasn't until becoming a sort of curmudgeonly Thomist in college that yeah. that I started to realize what the what the deeper ideas were at stake sure, sure and why why i would have more caution in a, in affirming these movements uh historically and intellectually right yeah that's fair that's yeah but what sure. do you do what, so why did you propose the episode what are you reading what's going well, on well your... so i was uh you know what i've been teaching i guess i've been teaching um uh, i was teaching business ethics at, at providence college so it was a big stuff a lot of, on adam smith and uh and kind of capitalism and working out like modern economies and so i was thinking about that and thinking yeah that's fair enough. I like modern economies. They're good uh, for the most part. And, um, and then, you know, I, my PhD research is on uh, Kant and most modern thinkers. So I spend a lot of time thinking about those guys. And uh, I think, yeah, that's fair enough. Some of their stuff's pretty good. Um, and then I was reading um, a book by Steven Pinker with another, another friar here uh, to discuss uh, that he just produced called Enlightenment Now. Steven Pinker is, uh, he's at MIT, I think. Yeah, he's MIT, I think. The neuroscientist, neurocognitive scientist. Um, he's written a bunch of things, but for the la- his last two books, I believe, Enlightenment Now is most recent, and then before that, like Our Better Angels or something, and his, which is on like peace and how peace is developing, and his kind of shtick is uh, everything's getting better and a lot better, and it's been getting better since the Enlightenment and a lot better. Uh, and so the book is like 500 pages of graphs, basically, and his commentary on those graphs, so it's a tough read. Uh, Oops, and that's another, yeah, that's another, that's like an interesting you know, I mean, so yes, but I mean, there's nothing worse than reading books just with graphs. It's just that that's not human. Um, anyway, but he, his whole, he's, his thesis is that, yeah, we're just doing a lot better and we forget. It's like, it's like you forget all of this. You only remember. So when something bad happens, you immediately think that's just always happening. It's a bit like when you get sick, you think, oh my gosh, I'm sick. I can't wait to be well again. I'll never be, I'll never forget that I'm well and just functioning well. Um, and all you can think of is being sick. And then when you get well, you forget. It's not like you think, you don't wake up and think, wow, I am feeling great today. I feel well. Like it's so good to feel well. And his thing is, we just have forgotten. We just forget that like 50 years ago, 100 years ago, you didn't have any of the stuff we had today. You know, 150 years ago, especially. Oh my gosh. I mean, and just he goes through like what life was like 200 years ago and what life is like now and all that that kind of stuff. And I want to say, yeah. Yeah. You get up in the morning, you turn off your alarm, you hit the light switch, you walk into the bathroom. You yeah, like, I take a warm I take a warm different. shower. Um <laughs> I you know, I shave with a razor. Yeah, in the light. 
Um, it's, you know, uh, yeah, I go downstairs, I make coffee, um, you know, I turn on lights again, uh, all that stuff, right? Um, there's no one killing me, uh, all that stuff, you know, I might, you know, have a bunch of people just didn't die of something right today. Uh, it, there's a bunch of people there that would not have been there, like maybe 30% of the people that are in my choir would not have made it. We all have glasses at Dominican Space Corps. You've managed to avoid this. Most of us would have just like run into a hole somewhere at some point or been like eaten by a lion because we can't <laughs> see with unclad. Like new, all- new, new thesis. People died in the Middle Ages because they couldn't see. Yeah, they can't see, you know? <laughs> they run into whales. I mean, just run into a blue whale or something, you know? The thing just takes you Dragons. down. Yeah, what have you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's, so I was just thinking about, so I've been reading, re, I was reading the book and I thought, my gosh, that's, yeah, that's true. That's totally true. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. If I believe that's true, then I must hate God and medievalism and Thomism and all that stuff that we care about in God's planning, right? So maybe we should just turn this into like lights planning. Um, but then that's <laughs> that's silly. Aristotle splaining. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You know, that's those. That's what that's kind of got me thinking about this stuff. Yeah. Mm, the uh, so uh, I mean, we kind of jumped into it without even like clarifying what we were talking about oh my I gosh mean, yeah that's can you fair. could you make an argument could you make an argument that there are multiple enlightenments well sure i mean, I mean what, are, what are we what are we talking those, about here if yeah we say i mean enlightenment and this yeah exactly so one man's in, so if you yeah that's fair if you take the enlightenment as um the time when we turned away from god and superstitious beliefs like answered prayer and started believing in electrons then like okay that's it but <laughs> but that's like, yeah, what is, so yeah, what is the enlightenment? Well, that's a good, I mean, I'll throw it over to you. I've got some ideas, but, but like when you, what do you, when someone says like, Hey, the enlightenment, thumbs up, a thumbs down. I mean, what would right. you just say? Like, what are the kind of, what do you think the enlightenment? Like I say the movement that followed the Protestant reformation yeah. in the 17th okay. century. You do a uh, historical definition. Yes, okay. exactly. And like when, when I've, you know, like when I've written it in a capital E, you know, what I learned in fourth or fifth grade, the enlightenment, yeah. it, mean, it means that. And what does it also mean? It means um, a new understanding of um, history, right? So a kind of scientific, a new, uh, the, the birth of a science, more scientific approach to history, the study of languages, a kind of revival of Greek and classical thought. Okay, so those things are not bad. You know, why would I think that that could be opposed to Aristotle? Yeah. Um, a turn, a new emphasis on literature. I mean, in, in art forms, again, that would be an, a kind of extension of the revival you're, of classical you're thought. the most bizarre theory of the Enlightenment, but carry on. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, but that's like the caricature. I mean, you the cartoon. The literature. Did you, in fourth grade, you learned about like scientific <laughs> techniques of literature and historiography? <laughs> Okay. Well, that's like the birth of the novel, right? Is that age? Uh, yeah. I have no. Who cares? Yeah. I. I mean, that's. I, <laughs> let's put this. I mean, let's okay, put this way. Right, so none of. So the novel. Yeah. So the novel definitely didn't show up in Stephen Pinker's 500-page book. There was no like graphs about the the, the use of no, the novels, um, which I think is you know. We Could that be a problem though? Well, right. We need to get into that. We need to get into that. Some. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I mean, another way. Of, I mean, again, as you're absolutely right. So that's, that is, you've given what you take for the enlightenment and like, I'll gi I could give what I take for the enlightenment and it could be just as we have different, you know, there's narrow views about it. It's something about from, from my perspective, um, uh, the autonomy of an individual, um, over against tradition or something that's, there's something there about that. I don't think any of these are, are, you know, 
cut well, and dry. New political forms, yeah. Um, there's there's individualism. I think there's a yeah a sec. I think there is something like a secularism. There's something there. Uh, there's a a rationalism. I mean, all, basically, you could say this: Enlightenment is isms. You know, um, it's the time of of thinking about all these ideals in a way, and we think about we think about. Uh, the past is being big into ideas and abstract thoughts and systems and all of that, but really intellectual philosophical systems don't show up until the encyclopedic movement and such. So that like no one is going around saying you're an August, you're part of Augustinianism, you know, before some period of time, but now, and then it just explodes <laughs> in the, in the 16, 1700s. That's where we're talking about enlightenment, by the way, post-reformation stuff kind of, you know, science comes to the fore scientism, uh, Darwinism, you know, uh, rationalism, all this humanism, you know, romant romanticism, all those things. So it's something about it's something about individualism. <laughs> How it's impossible to enlightenment without these isms, right? But yeah, something something like that. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no ism like Thomism. There's no. That's the thing. Is Thomism an inherently enlightenment project just by naming it and this new scientific <laughs> historiography way of doing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so are you a Thomist or are you a part of Thomism? You know, and that tells you whether you're an Enlightenment thinker or not. Uh, yeah, so many, but, but I think, here's the thing, is I think people know, I think people kind of know roughly, have kind of rough and ready sense of the Enlightenment, right or wrong in the details, and history in schools is just, you know, it's rampant with failure, failed details and mistakes. It's probably only getting the worse. But people have a sense that, yeah, the Enlightenment is something about, like, technology and controlling nature. Um, thinking for yourself, being critical, all of that, um, autonomy, democratic states, freedom, you know, equality, fraternity, whatever, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So that's, well, that's whatever. That's a, that's a great place for a break. It is. <laughs> let's, let's pause for a few, a few moments and when we come back, we'll flush out Pinker's ideas a little bit more and, uh, and take on the enlightenmentism that plagues our day. We'll be back after this. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode on the Enlightenment. Again, uh, your hosts today are myself, uh, Father Patrick Mary Briscoe and Father Bonaventure Chapman. Uh, we've been talking as you've been listening to us waxing poetic about the Enlightenment. Um, so, give, so Father Bonaventure, you want, you pulled some themes from this work, yeah. Stephen Pinker, that you're reading. Uh, let's let's dive into those. I think the I think these will help us. Uh, we'll just yeah, uh, so put a little bit more nuance to our thus far explosive conversation. That's, there's so much to say, um, but uh, is it, Pinker identifies uh, four themes as which I think if you want to say what is the Enlightenment, you could just say these four things, and that's helpful. Uh, he says progress, reason, science, and humanism. Right. And ism shows up at the end there, which that's the only one that has an ism on it, which I suspect is the like, okay, get this out of here. Um, so progress is the first 300 pages of charts showing how everything's gotten better uh, all the time. No one's getting worse. Society, you know, we, we talk about decline and fall of the West and all this, but that's not true. We have less wars, less sickness, longer life expectancy, less infant mortality, less what all those kind of things right the the basic you could say material eternal extension 
like the extension of material properties over time, that's getting better. Um, this okay. is, I mean, this I think is the strongest argument. It, you know, if you're going to make a case, right, totally yeah. pro-enlightenment. And, and that's what you leaned into as we jumped into this conversation. You said, well, who wants to be against scientific progress in this in this way right yeah that's right yeah because so there's the, so many conveniences of daily life that these things just yeah. were not before that's right so that's so you get these kind of progress and not just conveniences but i mean now again i take an allergy pill every day yeah <laughs> you know, like yeah. what would my life be like without flonase <laughs> yeah yeah now i mean one well uh, i was thinking about the glasses one again and like running into narwhales um, if you didn't have glasses on, it's this giant horn right. sta Boom. stabbing you in the face. Yeah. But then you think like this raises the, which we're going to just bracket for a second. This is going to be a largely a, like enlightenment kind of extravaganza, but with hints and dashes of, wait a minute. Um, is it the enlightenment that allowed one to grind lenses? Really? Is that, that's what, okay. Anyway. Um, so it's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what is actually causing? So the causal claim of Stephen Pinker's is the enlightenment does all these things, progress, reason, science, and humanism. I think is that causality is what is the enlightenment? Is that like a giant thought form? Okay. Um, then reason. So talking about, well, wait, I want to say one more thing about scientific progress. Progress. Oh my God. Uh, scientific so progress. I, so I just want to add, well, yeah, true progress. Cause science is later. But yeah, whatever. progress, Same things thing. things always getting better. Okay, so like, yes, yeah. some some aspects of life are getting better, but are they not worse too? Uh, so this is this is the point where I, you know you know as we're talking about all these charts, well, like, where's the data on on the 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 plague of anxiety that people are facing? You know that they that they haven't faced before. Where's you know where's the stuff oh, on loneliness? bourgeois where's, problems? Yeah. Um, you know, well, no, no, I think this. No, this is good. We should like, probably go. We should you know, take these. Maybe we should take these each way with his themes, and then like say, "Now hold on, is hold your horses there, long-haired Stephen Pinker man." Um, that's right. Uh, he has really long curly hair. Um, so he <laughs> neither of us. Uh, do. Yeah, neither neither of us do. Uh, progress has been made. Um, yeah, he does talk about like what are the problems today, and yeah, loneliness, um, anxiety, depression especially in the Western countries, lack of happiness in a sense, um, all these kind of things. And again, I think his view of progress is like material extended things are carrying on longer. Like atoms are doing their stuff longer and more cohesive. And that happens in forms of like human bodies and in forms of society structures, buildings are better, you know, they're not burning down as much. And you point to all this like material extension that's continuing to progress you think, well, yeah, but what about the soul? And I don't mean like, you know, dualistic soul substance stuff. I mean like meaning and suicide rate. Like there's a lot of suicides. You can show the statistics, you know, caused mm -hmm. by the enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, that's right. No, that's. Okay. Now let's show. Yeah. Okay. So progress, then yeah. reason. Reason. So reason. Yeah. The kind of critical use of uh, reason, which is. <clears throat> this is so i'm just gonna jump on the criticism criticism thing right here right yeah reason is unlike okay what the medievals didn't use reason thank like, you are okay, you kidding me good. william yeah. of Ockham didn't develop modal logic uh 700 600 years before uh kripke and lewis did no i mean like the, the ancient syllogistic Greeks, form plato and aristotle were reasonable right in and the sense that they use the logic they were enlightened people. Um, yeah. So like modus ponens and modus tollens that, uh, that didn't show up until 
the enlightenment. So reason, yeah, reason as a faculty, like we've had it for a while, we've been pretty good at using it. How do you measure if reason's been used more? There were no charts for this reason part. Um, <laughs> I mean, the claim is I think, like reason, I think it means like self-critical reason. So less listening to other people, um, you know, your parents, society, the church, history, all those kind of things, like trying to think on your own. Um, and yeah, it's true that in the Enlightenment, you do more of that. And thinking on your own is kind of good until it's not. I mean, right. see, that's the difficulty because yeah. I would say, you know, like I would say, yeah, li listen to the church. Okay, of course. But you have to, you have to own, you have to own, you have to own the truths of the faith as, as your own, right? And that's what the church does. The church gives them to us, but then you have to take them and you have yeah. to receive them. And you get the sense that like it's enlightenment, again, enlightenment versus the church or something, a verse tradition. Um, mm. And, and it's like, it's not like, it's not religion and, and the church uh, are not like hiding from reason. You know, it's not like we're hiding things that we don't want people. And it's, I feel like these dichotomies, uh, which are uncritical, that's my, that's my main, one of my main critiques is this is kind of uncritical, unra ir irrational dichotomies between like reason and religion or reason and tradition. And you think, no, well, you can't have reason without a tradition. You can't have tradition without a reason. It's, it's kind of mixed in there. And you might not agree with the reasoning of the Catholic Church on something, uh, but it's not because the Catholic Church doesn't have a reason for something. It's because you, well, we got to talk it out. You know, we have to reason together with each other. But it's not that one's irrational and the other one's rational. And so I, those dichotomies are strange. So reason is great. Self-criticism is great. Fantastic. And maybe you're allowed to do that more in the Enlightenment. Like we don't take things as for granted. Although, um, I mean, just a sidebar, like this is, this, is the, this is what lay at the heart of our vocations, right? As philosophers and theologians, uh, as Dominicans, is to, um, is to explore... Uh, guided guided by the light of faith uh, is to explore it uh, to shed mystery uh, to shed light rather on the on the mysteries of faith to shed right. mystery on the lights of faith yeah, to shed light exactly. on the mysteries of faith well they probably think you know, to use thinks... reason to explore them and to to articulate to articulate the mysteries of faith in the best possible ways right that's right yeah exactly and uh and anyone who's had a rational discussion with a catholic realizes that like oh there are reasons for things and i would say i'm biased that there are better reasons than for not of those things. So one wonders when you hear this re reason claim as being an enlightenment ideal, whether anyone's actually met a real Catholic. Okay. Okay. Then, there, then there's science. Um, and who doesn't like Bunsen burners? <laughs> Dissecting frogs. Yeah, whatever. That's great. Yeah, science is good, right? I mean, so we had lots of, you know, we're, we're able to produce things, but... You know, yeah, science, science is great. Flush and toilets are great. Electricity is great. No problem about that, right? So I think we're kind of on board on that one. That's fine. But that we see that, the like, you see the like Darwin fish on the back of someone's car, right? Or, or the signs, the yard signs now that have the list of various uh, agenda propositions, which include science is real. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there that think that science isn't real. You know, that think like cause and effect relationships aren't real, right? Is that the case? Is that what you <laughs> want to ask them? Like, who doesn't think science is real? But I know they're getting at like climate change stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but science, no, and it's true. Like science developed during life. But the question is, again, causal. Like is, 
is was science developed because of enlightened views against irrational religious views, or was it developed out of and in conjunction with religious views? And has it always been the case? And is religion science's actual best friend on some of these things? You know, I mean, I think those are worthy questions to ask, considering the fact that the majority of scientists uh, who founded the disciplines were were Catholics or Christians, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, think mm-hmm. of Robert Boyle, the founder of chemistry, um, Rene Descartes, you know, math- mathematized the world, um, the Catholic, Galileo, <laughs> Catholic. Um, and then modern times, you have, you know, Louis Pasteur is Catholic, right? So we you know, save plenty of people with, with uh, his vaccines and such. Um, the first well, the first woman, you know, one of my fun facts, the first woman to earn a doctorate in computer science was a Dominican nun. Oh, yeah, sure. So, in yeah, in, so in spite of, yeah, in spite of their religiosity and the, the ways that that hurts your brain and keeps you from thinking correctly, boom, founded <laughs> science, you know, Big Bang <laughs> came up by Lemaitre, a Catholic priest, genetic, blah, 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 you know. So, and I don't think it's, that's incidental. That's, you know, yeah, um, coincidental. Uh, because, so again, Pinker's, yeah. Pinker's view is something like the Enlightenment helps us to see that essentially people just use God to plug holes that science can now explain. He would yeah, say something like that. Yeah, that's right. So it's, it's, it has this weird kind of, and I think people have this, again, people have this basic idea like it's either, it's either Enlightenment light, light or anti-Enlightenment darkness. And the world is chiaroscuro, you know? There are extremely good things in, in, in the religious traditions, of course, and especially in Catholicism that are enlightened. And they're extremely dark and dangerous and depressing uh, things in the so-called enlightenment, right? Like that you could now trot out a ton of examples, I suspect, about things where you think, ooh, maybe the enlightenment isn't so enlightening, you know? Like we're not... Maybe yeah. the French revolutionaries murdering uh thousands of christians is not a good idea that's the thing lopping off heads like you know yeah okay so that yeah so that's that's science and then the last one is humanism he talks about and i think because you've got an ism on there it's clearly an ideological commitment and so you think well i mean we're for humans right i mean i'm i'm for humans i think they're great um it strikes me that the catholic church is really for humans and Aristotle makes this interesting point where he says, um, so I'll wave my, tip my hat to the Aristotelian tradition on your side on this, uh, where he says that a science, and he means by that like a speculative system or a thought world, um, can't prove its own subject matter. You always have to have something outside of it. Um, so like music uses math, but it, it, so it needs something else. For that. And um, in this case, if humanism is your base, if humanism is like your fundamental ideology, I think Aristotle's right to claim that, well, you, a humanism can't define what it is to be human. It accepts what it is to be human from somewhere else and then works with that to develop it. You know, just like physics takes math. Physics doesn't prove math. It takes math and uses it in its ways. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't worry about what motion is. It accepts that. And so if you just, if, human, if humanism is your base, you actually won't have a good way to define the boundaries of humanity. Mm. Uh, and I think you see that because you can have debates like, are people in the womb human? Are people who are comatose human? Are people who are uh, schizophrenic human? Are humans human? I mean, this is like Francis Crick, the uh, biologist has that astonishing hypothesis where he says, you are just a bundle of nerves. 
um, and that's all you are with atoms. Um, what is you there? Like you as a person, are you a human or are you just a bunch of matter wandering around? Um, so I want to say like to have humanism, whatever that might mean and the care about human dignity, you've got to have something outside of human dignity to say what that is. Otherwise, you're going to run into this eugenics, whatever, we could bring this up, um, that kind of thing. I mean, do you, does that make sense? No, oh, I'm with you, 100%. Um, and I think, uh, I think that ultimately, the, um, you know, the, the question we have to be asking, just, just to, to rephrase and emphasize the point you were making about Aristotle, is what is it that allows us to say that this life is sacred? And how do we, how do we know that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, it, you know, and that's the, that's the thing I, I feel maybe this is a, a good point to kind of start wrapping up stuff on is like the enlightenment, reason, science, progress, humanity, they're all good. They're great. They're great. They're great. Great, great, great. Um, but they're not enough, you know, mm-hmm. like why can't we say yes to all those things, but I want a transcendent grounding. I want meaning. I want, um, yeah, I want eternity. I feel like I belong to another who I don't see, that there is something in this world that is not of this world, all that kind of stuff. And it's unclear to me that the argument is, no, you can't have progress, reason, and science if you have that. Uh, Historically and philosophically, I just don't think that claim works. And it strikes me that if you don't have that transcending grounding, this kind of stuff, religious claims, the Catholic claims, truth claims, and all this, um, you won't last, progress and reason and science and humanism, I don't know. They just won't, what literature have they, to get back to your thing, like what literature has, has the enlightenment, pure enlightenment, just science, really, really, has science really produced great literature? I'm not sure. No one says like, I'm going to curl up with a good article on a Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there just something is, or art, right? I mean, everyone's seen like enlightenment scientific art, but the edges are a little sharp. Um, you know, the, the human spirit is more than the human. I think that's, that's, and I think the enlightenment just, if the enlightenment as this project of, of getting rid of that stuff, it seems like it's missing something. So, so yes, fantastic. Like, Keep the toilets, keep the iPhones, keep the computers, keep the FaceTime, all that stuff. Um, you know, keep the modern economies, you know, free market, democracy, maybe not democracy. Um, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, for <laughs> That'll reasons be we can discuss in another episode. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, don't forget that those are, yeah, they're great. But. But. Yeah. yeah. The Enlightenment, but well, that's a great place to end. Thanks for tuning in today, for listening to God's planning. We hope that we um, shed some light you kill me. on the issue today. All right, uh, Father Bonaventure would be throttling me, but luckily he's hundreds of miles away. Um, Technology has not allowed yet us to have gloves to reach through computer screens and slap each other. <laughs> so God's planning is going to get super exciting then. <laughs> hopefully, you enjoyed today's episode. And uh, we appreciate you liking and sharing the podcast, you know, uh, spread the word. Um, Check out our new website um, and uh, look forward to some merchandise coming out soon. So you can- Merch? Yeah, exactly. So you can uh, broadcast to all the world your God's planning devotion. Uh, All right, listeners, know that we're praying for you. God bless.
Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.